how far would you go to reach your ultimate goal? and welcome back to Crime Over Cocktails. I'm Tiffany, your host, and today we're going to cover the case of Harry Von Lee Titlow while I drink my vodka and Mio. Harry Von Lee Titlow was born in 1967 in Tennessee, but by the time he was in his 30s, he was going by Nicole Von Lee Titlow, and she was trying to figure out how she was going to get enough money so she can complete the look that she was going for. She had already spent 15000 on implants, but she wasn't able to afford getting the bottom half done as well. She decided that she was going to move in with her Aunt Billie Jean Rogers, who is 60, and her wealthy self-made millionaire husband, Don Rogers. He was 74, and they lived in Troy, Michigan. She decided that she was still going to keep her home in Chicago, though, but Don welcomed said that she could stay. He knew it was family and he wanted her there with them. Don had made his millions selling car parts, so he was already retired and him and Billie Jean, they were living a very nice life. Billie Jean and Nicole, they would go to the casino in Detroit to see if maybe they could win her the cash so she could get the surgery, but it seemed like they lost a lot more than they won. Nicole was just, she was tired of hiding that she wasn't a full-blown woman. She would have to hide it from the men that she was seeing, afraid that they would retaliate for her not telling them the truth. So this was very important to her. But in the meantime, as Billy's trying to help her with this surgery and get the funds, she's racking up a bunch of debt. I mean, it was tens of thousands, upwards to $50,000. You know, between Nicole and Billy hanging out all the time, living the lavish life, and going to the casino, Don's money was starting to deplete. August 12, 2000, Nicole and Billy came home to find Don laying on the floor in his home. They were just getting home from the casino and they weren't able to get a pulse. He was already kind of cold. So they called 911. Police came and they concluded that he had died of natural causes brought on by drinking. The Oakland County Medical Examiner ruled that he died from asphyxiation, a fatal side effect of alcohol poisoning. Don was known to be an excessive drinker. He'd go out in public and make scenes, and when he'd come home, he always had a drink before he went to bed. He could, couldn't could sleep without his drink. He had a blood alcohol count of 0.44 when he died, which was more than four times of Michigan's legal limit of 0 0.10. That is a lot over. They closed the case and he was cremated. Some of the officers that were at the scene, they, they did note some inconsistencies at the crime scene and they noticed that Billie Jean and Nicole were exhibiting odd behavior. Didn't help much afterwards either. After his death, she bought a new car for herself and Nicole. Turns out that Billie Jean was the sole beneficiary of Don's estate, so she bought them each the car, and she also gifted Nicole the $100,000 that she would need to get the hoo-ha of her dreams. Plus, she gave her an extra $70,260, and she went back to Chicago. Billie also sent money to her daughter and her mother. When Nicole gets back to Chicago, she meets up with Danny Chaheen. It was a man that 
that she had been talking to prior to her going and staying with Billie Jean, she really liked him. So when she got back, she asked him if he would like to go out for dinner. Billy liked him so much that this was the first time she ever decided that she wanted to confess that she was still a man. She was born a man. She still had a penis, but that she was in the pre-op stages of gender reassignment surgery. He is shocked. She doesn't look like a man. A good way to see a lot of times what these people look like. I am on Instagram if you want to find Crime Over Cocktails. I always post a picture of them. So if you want to be nosy and see what they look like, come find me on the gram. So he's dumbfounded. So now I think they're both drinking probably a little heavier. He's like, what the hell? And she's like, oh my gosh, I really just told somebody. The more she drinks, the more she pours out of her mouth and told him that she got the money from helping her aunt kill her husband Don by pouring vodka in his mouth after he was passed out and that Billy smothered him with a pillow until he died. She said she wasn't in the room when her aunt did that with the pillow. As soon as she poured the vodka, she left the room. She didn't want to see what was coming next. She didn't really want to do this, but if you're dangling the money in front of her, I mean, you know, this is something she really wanted and Billie Jean knew that. So at this point, he's like, okay, (laughs) I went out for dinner with what I thought was a beautiful woman who turned out to be a man who murdered to remove her penis. So that's kind of a lot for someone to handle. And he's like, you know what? You are going to prove to me that you are in fact a man. He said, I'm not going anywhere. You're going to show me. You got to prove it. I think you're full of shit. She showed him. Well, Danny went straight to the police and told them what Nicole had told him. At first they were skeptical because he was just told that the woman that he liked was actually a man. So they're thinking, I think he's just trying to get back at her. When they kind of brainstormed and kind of thought about some of the things in the report and looked over the pictures again, they did notice small scrapes around his nose, which would have been consistent with impressions that would have been made by a decorative pillow. So now they're like, okay, you know what? Maybe this isn't so crazy. They asked Danny to wear a wire and to get more information about that night. I think he was probably like, how am I going to pull this off? But he didn't really have to wait that long because Nicole called him to see if he would like to go out to dinner again. So he got his chance. While at dinner, she told him that when they got home from the casino, they found him passed out on the kitchen floor and that Billy had grabbed the vodka. They were going to pour it down his throat while plugging his nose. She was telling Danny that she told Billy she didn't want to do it, but Billy Jean promised to give her the money for her surgery and then some. Knowing how badly she wanted this, she jumped at it. She took the bait. She said she helped pour the vodka, but as soon as that part was over, she left the room. She wanted no part of the murder itself. That's when Billy suffocated him. Then she asked Danny if he would be willing to be an alibi for both her and her aunt. Well, instead, he took that tape back to the police 
And Nicole was arrested in January of 2001. They extradited her from Chicago to go back to Michigan. Everyone's looking at it like this is a different, difficult case though. There is no evidence. There's nothing. It's just one person's word against another. You know Billie Jean is saying that she's she's lying. She told the police that she was just telling stories and that they did nothing of the sort. But Nicole, while she's there, she's still telling them that her aunt was the mastermind. She said that Don was threatening to divorce her because he was aware of her gambling debt and he wanted her out. So she was going to lose everything. Everything she ever wanted, everything she got. They didn't arrest Billie Jean though until June of 2001 and they decided to try the two separately. Nicole's attorney, Richard Lustig, was able to negotiate a plea deal in which the state would agree to reduce her charges to manslaughter with a sentence of 7 to 15 years in exchange for her testimony against her aunt. I mean, she had to take a lie detector test and she wouldn't be allowed to challenge the appeal, but I think that's a pretty good deal. Her plea hearing was in October of 2001 and that's where she confirmed that she understood the evidence against her could support a conviction of first degree murder and that the proposed sentencing in the deal extended to the standard guidelines in Michigan for a manslaughter case. The court accepted the plea and scheduled a sentencing date in December of 2001. While she was waiting for her sentencing hearing, she was talking to a sheriff about her case. It was Sheriff's Deputy Eric Ott who told her, if you believe you are innocent, you should not plead guilty. He then referred Nicole to an attorney, Frederick Toka, and he agreed to represent her for a cost of her jewelry and the media rights to her case because he was going to make her a star. There was no records found to show that Nicole and her new attorney had ever met before her going to her hearing on November 29th, 2001. That was the date set by the court to hear the motion filed by Toka to withdraw the previous plea. He wanted her testimony against her aunt to give her more time off. Instead of the 7 to 15 years, he wanted 3 to 15 years. But when they even went to the sentence hearing, he changed it and he said that now her new guidelines were between 2 and 5 years for her to testify. He then withdrew her plea deal. Fucking idiot. He told the judge that he had just been retained, so he was going to need more time so he could go over all the material that is going on in this case. He knew nothing about this case. He just saw dollar signs. Nicole said that she understood the first degree murder charge would be reinstated if she did withdraw and she decided to do it. During the hearing in November 2011, neither her attorney or Nicole herself brought up her feelings that she should be found innocent and that she discussed this with the deputy Eric Ott. So the court decided that they were going to allow her to withdraw her plea because now she is declining to testify against her aunt. So because of this, Billy was then acquitted of the crime and released. What kind of shit is that? 
But, I mean, don't get too meh. Because six months later, she passed away due to a terminal cancer. I don't know if that's karma or what, but... After her plea withdrawal, Nicole was placed on trial for murder. Her lawyer, however, did no investigation in the case before representing her in trial. Nor he didn't contact the previous lawyer. In addition, as a retainer fee, he obtained some legal rights to her upcoming biography, creating a conflict of interest. During her trial, Nicole testified that she did not harm her uncle in any way and tried to prevent her aunt from harming him. The jury convicted her of second-degree murder, sentencing her to 20 to 40 years in prison. (laughs) Oh my god, I would fucking kill somebody. Y'all hear that? Instead of 7 to 15, you're now doing 20 to 40. So now they decide they're going to remove Toka as counsel. And she appealed to the Michigan Court of Appeals. She argued that her attorney had advised her to withdraw her plea without doing any research on her case, therefore providing her with ineffective counsel. The appeals court rejected her argument, stating that her withdrawal the plea bargain started with her conversation with the sheriff's deputy, not with her new attorney. The court stated when a defendant proclaims innocence, it is not objectively unreasonable to recommend that the defendant refrain from pleading guilty no matter how good the deal may appear. So, she filed a motion under the Anti-Terrorism and Effective Death Penalty Act. Didn't know that was a thing, but that was requesting a review by the federal court system. The district court rejected her argument, and the Michigan court's decision was, it was completely reasonable. It made the point that counsel could not be ineffective by trying to negotiate a better plea agreement. So she appealed again. The Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit revised the district court's ruling. It found in the record that Nicole's decision to withdraw her offer was based on the fact that the offer was much higher than Michigan's guidelines for second-degree murder. The record also showed that there was no indication that Toka informed his client of the consequences of withdrawing her plea. Therefore, she was rendered ineffective counsel because she lost the benefit of the plea bargain. The court ordered that the case be remanded and that the prosecution re-offer the original plea bargain or that she be released. The court reversed the Sixth Circuit arguing that Appellate Court had not applied the double differential standard. Under this standard, federal courts must give the credit to the state's courts. Factual findings. So as long as it was reasonable. They came to the conclusion that there was a record of the defendant adamantly asserting her innocence. Therefore, the plea withdrawal was reasonable. In addition, there's no factual record on how long it took her attorney Toka to prepare for it. Therefore, the court cannot jump to the conclusion that just because there's an absence of the record, counsel wasn't effective. Justice Ginsburg did not join with the majority, only concurring the outcome of the case. She found that the state's argument that Toka had acted morally suspect. However, because Nicole's aunt was later acquitted and then died, there was no ability for the state to reoffer her the plea deal. There's not going to be a case for her to go against for her aunt. She, she's gone. Now the 20 to 40 years stands. She's serving her time in a men's prison and had been deprived of her female hormones. Her health deteriorated to the point that her breasts were bleeding. 
So she was taken to the hospital for a double mastectomy, but she refused a reconstruction that a woman would normally receive after such an operation. However, Nicole's new attorney was able to get her moved to a different prison, which has a history of taking care of transgender prisoners. Now that's a crazy case. <laughs> I mean, the court system's going back and forth and back and forth. You know, it's a shame. She should have known better and you shouldn't have passed that up. You already confessed to somebody. Like, that's still murder. If you are newer to the podcast, I do try to release my episodes on every Thursday, Thursday. And you can find me on every platform. Though it is just me, there are some weeks, <clears throat> like last week, that I just did not have time. And that really bothers me, so I am sorry. You know, that's where you guys come in. If you really like the show and you want to be a bigger part of it, this is your opportunity to be part of the show. Your donations, no matter how big or small, they all make a difference. You can head over to crimeovercocktails.com. Check out my page. I want to thank you guys all for listening. I really appreciate it. All right, I'm going to be heading over to the After Hours edition. That way I can go more in depth on my feelings of the case. So come get your crime cap with me. All right, you guys. Good night.